Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press Republicans Press Pass Podcast. I'm Editor in Chief Joe Latepleo, and I'm joined by Night Editor Ben Rowe. In this, our 75th edition of the Press Pass Podcast. Ben, we've hit a milestone. We have. You sound kind of kind of muted about the whole thing, Joe. Well, I just got chewed out by the sound engineer for talking too loud in the in the <laughs> warm up. So I'm, uh, I'm I am muted a little bit. Yes, yes. We don't want to blow out the listeners' eardrums. <laughs> it is time for celebration, though. Yes, seventy-five. Seventy-five episodes. episodes, and I believe we started this in the summer of twenty twenty. The pandemic first, yes. first summer of the pandemic. Um, so you know, two plus years. It's it's been a fun ride, and we've covered a lot of interesting, fun, some silly topics. Um, that reminds me, we have to go. We have to do a look back again. We do, yes, yes, absolutely. That had some good stuff in Give it. Give the people what they want. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, usually I start out with some quirky little thing that upset me in my daily yes. life um, around here in the North Country, but I don't have anything today. I, nothing upset me this week. <laughs> no incidences. Not even bending the knee? That, well, that's that's an ongoing thing. As I mentioned in the last couple podcasts, I'm still recovering from double knee replacement surgery, which has been a major challenge. Um, I'm making progress as we speak. It's been eight plus weeks now since the surgery, but it is still quite painful at times, especially at night. It's hard to sleep when, you, when you're in pain. You know what I mean, Ben? I do. Well... It makes you appreciate the little things that you never appreciated before, like being able to just have the full range of motion. It's like, you know, when I have my arm thing, is to be able to reach for stuff on the shelf, I appreciate it more later. So, you know, if sometime down the road, you'll appreciate being able to sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, hopefully that day will come soon. Um, well, like I said, it's been a challenge, but we will make it. Yes. Um, phys- but, yes, um, in the, you know, in other times, you know, it's, the foliage is bright and things are good. Yeah. Um, yesterday was gorgeous. Yeah. 73 degrees, mild and sunny and beautiful. Today, it's, um, it's I think it's low 60s. Yes. Not it's bad. Still nice. Not bad. Good fall weather. And I think, I'm guessing that this weekend will be, if not peak, close to peak colors. For the fall foliage, which is magnificent. Yes, I'm hoping to get out and get some photos on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Willsboro? Um, up to Saranac. Again, my Saranac Land Trust. Ah. Could get down to Willsboro, though. But yes, um, people, yeah. listeners can keep an eye out. I'll be putting a call on the Facebook page for foliage photos. Very soon. That's always fun. Very soon. Yes. We, we've got some from our trusty uh, correspondent in Saranac Lake, um, Jack LaDuc. Yes. Um, recently, and there's some nice colors over in the Tri Lakes area. Yes. Um, well, the trouble with foliage is that, as you were just suggesting, is it can be peak for one weekend, and then, oh, you missed it. Everything yeah, is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Timing is everything. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, all right, one day they're bright and yellow, oh, the next they're brown. You missed it. <laughs> I've had falls like that where it's like, oh, I just missed it. Oh, no question about it. Like I said, timing is everything. you gotta be, you got to be ready for it. Yes. Um, but tomorrow, 
tomorrow would be a good day for it. Uh, we encourage everybody to get out and do some leaf peeping. It would. And surprisingly, it's, as you were saying, it's kind of foliage season, but with like late summer temperatures, which is kind of nice. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to do. You can go to orchards, you can go for a hike, you can go for a walk. Um, yes. Go on, if you have a boat, that would be pretty cool to be on the water. Yes. I, I'm picturing in my head right now being on Chazy Lake. <laughs> Um, looking at all the, the foliage colors out there that, uh, overlooking uh, Lion Mountain. That would be beautiful. Yes, yeah, so this is the Press Publican saying, if you've been thinking of going outside this weekend and enjoying nature, please do. Yes, and don't bring your handgun. <laughs> or no, but you can now, right? You can, yes. Yes, that was the yes. other news story this week where the federal courts ruled that the New York uh, State... Uh, uh, law passed this summer on, on handgun regulation was uh, no good. Yes, says Judge Sedeby, our hometown boy. Yes. Um, so a lot of people are talking about that. Um, uh, uh, well, it, right from the beginning, it, it did seem like this was hastily done. And not all the questions were answered about uh, who can have a gun, where you can have a gun, uh in this bill weren't taken care of. So I can see the arguments about, okay, pump the brakes, go back to the table, you know, make it work for everyone if you can, and at least answer the questions um, and put legislation forward uh, that is well vetted and, and discussed and debated like it should be. Well, and, you know, yourself as somebody who's been in the politics reporting game for a while, I always like how, especially like, you know, Washington reporting, is they'll say like, you know, take, I don't know, Obamacare, for example, is that politicians, especially at higher levels, they have whole teams of lawyers that look over these things and look for potential, oh, you know, they could guess here, and they could sue over this, and they could block this. And it's like the whole thing of passing legislation like that is you've got to make sure that's airtight against all kinds of legal arguments because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, it's going to be mired down in the courts for who knows how long. And it seems like with this, they didn't really seem to do their due diligence in making sure they had the legal armor to... A lot of people were saying in the days past when this was passed is that there's a lot of possibilities that this could get challenged and shot down in courts. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, and... and Oh, it's the end of the session. We got to get it done. Is not an excuse. No, uh, you know these things need to be done properly, and it is political. It's all politics. Yes, uh, they're doing it to to make hay. Yes, and that's not right. Well, especially this year, with the elections coming up and that kind of thing, you have to have some some stuff to put on your campaign mailers. That look, we did this. <laughs> <sighs> but um, yeah, is and again, as we've said in editorials, is that. This legislation in particular had a lot of high-profile things that could be used against it, that when you're, you know, threatening reenactors with, you know, legal instability, then that doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, let's use our common sense here. Uh, Battle of Plattsburgh reenactors using uh, 200-year-old flintlock muskets with dry powder or whatever it is. Um, That's, can't use those, that's crazy. Um, People who live in the Adirondack Park... Uh, how many of them hunt and have mm-hmm. rifles? Mm-hmm. Um, some of them might have handguns uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, 
all of a sudden you're going to make criminals out of everybody? Doesn't well, make sense. And as I've heard through my life here, as you know, is that laws that make sense downstate in those, you know, more tightly populated areas, they don't necessarily one size fits all for <laughs> up here and that kind of thing. And it feels like sometimes politicians don't take that into account, that our issues up here don't necessarily mirror the issues, you know, down in the more urban areas and that kind of thing. It's like guns are different up here. Absolutely. And, and, and what you're saying about issues being different downstate and upstate has been true forever. And um, Senator Stafford, our longtime state senator who rose to a pretty powerful position as chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, used to say, up here in the North Country, we don't have enough votes to fill a phone booth. And we're not going to get the attention the rest of the state does. That's a problem, unless you can have somebody like a Stafford in state government that can uh, speak out for North Country issues. Um, the bottom line is the downstate politicians, they don't care about the North Country. Uh, why would they? Mm-hmm. They don't even know where it is. Um, that's what we're up against, unfortunately. Uh, but you are absolutely right. The state needs to look at how these potential uh, bills affect everyone, not just New York City. Yes, yes. And I will say is that I remember the first night that the passage of that legislation, the gun legislation was passed, is reading it and saying it affects, you know, the whole Adirondack Park. And I called our correspondent, um, our statehouse reporter, and asked him, let me just double check. They mean the whole Adirondack Park. They know how big that is. And he says, yeah, that's what they mean. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Six million <laughs> acres, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, yes. So, yeah, um, we'll see um, where it goes. But it seems like right now a pretty kind of embarrassing stumble for the local administration. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Adirondack Park, um, the other day, yesterday, I attended the news conference of the United Way of the Adirondack region mm-hmm. um, here in Plattsburgh. Um, John Bernardi, executive director, um, held the press conference to talk about the kickoff for their annual uh, giving campaign. Um, they hope to raise $650,000 this year, and they will partner that with um, grants and other resources from the state and federal government, and hopefully they can invest or inject more than a million dollars worth of services to the region um, in 2023. And... John talked about the need for help for services in our area, and it is it's it is great. Um, people are so tough. A lot of people uh, are working; they're working hard. Some have two jobs, and they're still struggling. Uh, inflation's hitting them. Um, some unemployment's hitting them. Uh, high heating costs, high fuel costs high food costs, um, people are, are are hurting. And the United Way, John said, their phone's ringing off the hook. A lot of, so many people are calling saying, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? So I, I just, I, I can't say enough for what the United Way does. They, they really are a good organization. They help people. They enjoy helping people. And if anyone can chooses to donate to them, good for you. Um, they can use all the help they can get. Well, I guess a couple things. Um, for one thing, I know United Way comes up a lot with um, 
is it Giving Tuesday, the holiday in November, around the time of like Black Friday and that kind of thing, right. where you're encouraged to um, donate to certain organizations, and everyone has their go-to charity that they donate to, but the United Way is certainly a good one, if you're looking for money, yeah, to give to um, locally. And then the other thing is that, again, um, you know, John Bernardi is, you know, a very dedicated to his cause, and, you know, um, as you see him all around the place at different speaking engagements, that kind of thing, um, you know, speaking the gospel of the United Way, which is great to see. And um, there was a line, I think it was from one of his speeches, one time, where he talked about where some families, as you were saying, you know, they've got jobs, they've got home, they're making their way, but they're so on the line that, like, a flat tire could throw off the whole budget and just, you know, and as a financial said, cliff. Yes, and as he said um, yesterday, is that it starts to compound, is that one problem leads to another, and you can't afford this, and you can't afford this, and you can't afford this, and then you're in need. And we have families in our community that, for no fault of their own, you know, um, need to get back on their feet, need help getting back on their feet. So um, that really struck me, is that, yeah, there are families that um, that just one misfortune can kind of throw them off balance. That's right. So. He did talk about that a little bit yesterday, about families that are, are, are on the edge of the fiscal cliff, financial mm. cliff, where mm. a flat tire or one... Uh, a, Prescription that they didn't know they needed mm. uh, gets it needs to be filled. Uh, a burst uh, pipe, or yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly, and that could send them spiraling into this this negative uh, uh, scenario. Yes, um, and and you know the home heating costs this year. Yes, uh, there was a press conference last week about that. That's going to be something we all need to keep a close eye on. I think people are going to feel it. Uh, with the prices going up for that, because we know winter's around here, uh, mm-hmm. we need it. We you need you need a heat source, obviously. Yes. Um, so that could be crucial. Yes, when you're trying to budget things, you know, not eating out as much, or who knows what, you can't skimp on home heating by any means. So, yes, that can um that can really hurt people's um pocketbooks. So. Do I pay my heating bill or do I put gas in my car? Yes. And what if, yeah. and do I get food for the weekend? And those are legitimate thoughts that, you know, a lot of people have around here and everywhere. So um so yeah, it's you know, um I think is that all praise the United Way and everyone involved with it is that they're uncomfortable conversation to have a lot of the time. You know, it's uncomfortable to think about people being in that situation. Um, but they are out there, and they need help, and there are neighbors, and that kind of thing. So um, it's good to support them, absolutely. Yeah, yep. Um, their goal is, uh, what, $650,000? $650,000, mm-hmm. and they're going to, um, you know, like I said, they're going to add it to um, resources, grants, and stuff that they get from the state and feds mm-hmm. um, to provide services. They, they partner with 35 local agencies, and they help about 80,000 people a year. So, that, you know, that's significant. It is, yes. This is, yeah, not just a handful of people. It's, you know, a lot of a lot of help out there, so. Yeah. Um, it makes me think, is growing up, um, you know, when you'd watch PBS, and they'd say before a show, you know, this show was brought to you by viewers like you. And as a kid, you're like, ah, oh, this was brought to you by viewers like me. Yes. And it's, you know, there's something nice about feeling like you're involved in helping something. Live United. Um, oh, is that the slogan? Yes, Live mm-hmm. United, I believe it is, and Chris Mazzella, the ch- I think he's the chair of the, uh, the United Way Board of Directors, mm-hmm. said that 
when people are united, they care. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. It's so true. I like that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So good on them. And going back kind of a little bit to the fall foliage um, part um, that we were talking about earlier, I was just thinking, I think this next week coming up is the final week of outdoor dining in city of Plattsburgh. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow, I think, is the final day of the Plattsburgh Farmer's Market. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we could say that it was a good summer in terms of outdoor dining and farmer's markets. Would you? I was thinking about that when I went over to um, see the uh, new parking meters. So I guess relatively new yesterday. I walked over there. And yeah, every time that I've been passing through Margaret Street... Yeah, I'm pretty full, I would say. I, I noticed that a lot of restaurants are still closed on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of sad to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's a leftover from COVID. Well, and again, as you were saying, is you know, um, as much as we urge people to spend locally, those same people would say, you've just said times are expensive. <laughs> we don't have as much money to eat out nowadays. So um, Yes, I did think of that. <laughs> yes, um, but no, but it's just that I think it's it's still tough for our businesses. And, you know, I was just reading the headlines about the economy. Unemployment is down, but this is up, but this is down. And it's like, what a wacky economy we're in right now. It where... is, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to figure. Yes, um, but... Um, but yeah, get out there and enjoy a nice um, dining outside this week. And speaking of that paid parking downtown, that starts Tuesday. Yes. Um, that's going to be very interesting to see how that's received. Um, they've been talking about this for a while. They finally pulled the trigger. Um, we saw it this summer at the city beach, which seemed to go okay. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't hear any complaints, and they made they actually made some money. They paid for the, the system and, and then some. Yes. And it's going to start Tuesday downtown. And again, we're talking, what is it, a dollar? A dollar an hour, I believe. Yeah, right? it's not bad. No. Um, and, you know, it's the, um, I think it's something that's, as, you know, a couple of people suggested, it's change. It's kind of scary. You know, um, oh, this is going to be so different. I got to remember my pocket change to go downtown. But... Give it a bit of time, and as um, you know, some people are saying, is um, it's worth a try anyway, and um, see yeah if we can. And as was also presented in the report that um, our reporter Carly Newton has in today's paper, is that people say, oh well, we need to fix things, the roads and the infrastructure downtown. Well, there's got to be a revenue stream for that, and this is one way to raise money to fix things up downtown. So yeah, and I think I think. I'm guessing it will go smoother than a lot of people believe mm-hmm. it will. Because um, if you look at most cities in the Northeast, a lot of them have paid parking. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. Lake Placid has paid parking in the village. Um, it works. It seems to work. So I think, you know, there'll be an adjustment period like anything else. But I think by and large, people will get used to it and just uh, just do it. Well, and the other thing is that... And then you were saying, who goes downtown for a $2 cup of coffee and is going to complain about paying for a dollar parking? <laughs> it's it's a fair point, is that, you know, some people, you know, they might be discouraged from stopping on their way through. But I think for the most part, for people, 
you're going to come down for a, a concert down by the waterfront. You're going to come down for some event. You're going to be here for a while. You know, you're not just paying your buck to stop for two minutes and that kind of thing. So I think, you know, it's a decent investment. Yeah, it's the, I just don't find the situation too realistic. The people are paying just to park. I don't park for like two minutes. <laughs> you know, if I'm going downtown, I've got to be there for a while. So, right. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, the other thing is that, again, when I wandered over the photo for the article, there was a lady um, that came up and was looking at the, the parking things. Um, it seemed like maybe it was her first time or the something. The kiosks. The kiosks, yes, yes. And she had looked and she had read um, that, of course, there's certain hours where they don't apply. Is that's only really during business hours that um, they apply. And then, um, again, we'll have the full details in the, um, in the article. But is that there are nuances to it? Is that again for certain um, later hours, it's, it doesn't even apply necessarily. You know, um, it's only for certain hours they have to pay. And um, she was looking at that and learning a bit. And so, as you were saying, it's got to take a little bit of learning to learn all the ins and outs of it. But um, I think it's more nuanced than a lot of people are giving credit for, and I think it's worth looking into. So, well, for years, decades, really, they always talked about parking downtown. Mm-hmm. And every plan under the sun came up at one mm-hmm. time or another. And they were like, the, the theme always was, how can we get revenue from parking mm-hmm. downtown? Okay, let's hire an officer to check mm-hmm. all the cars. And if they're in their parking spots for more than an hour or two-hour limit, whatever it is, write them a ticket. That'll mm-hmm. make your revenue. To me, putting a dollar two dollar or two in a kiosk is a lot better way to make revenue than slapping tickets on people's cars. Mm. Um, so I think it's got that going for it. And also, yeah, I mean, I read and look back, yeah, back when they had the um, the parking attendants and that kind of thing. They used to call them meter maids. They did. Yeah. I don't think I don't think that's <laughs> so that kosher. <laughs> um, but yes, is that you don't have to pay the parking kiosk robot. So, you know, I think there's a big difference, too, is that yeah. if you have an actual person, that's somebody else on the payroll. Um, yeah, exactly. So, and um, they never made money off of it. Yes. So, again, um, you know, yeah, it's something new, something to keep in mind if you're coming downtown. So, folks, get out there and eat before Tuesday if you're going to be yeah. downtown. <laughs> and, and, and um, well, next week is, I was going to, maybe people want to celebrate. Um, Monday is Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. Mm-hmm. Or and it's also <laughs> it's also Canadian Thanksgiving. Yes. Our friends to the north are thankful. Yes. So they can come down here and eat their traditional Canadian Thanksgiving meals of I'm not entirely sure what they eat, but Canada Goose. Yes, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I'm sure it's lovely. But yeah. Is poutine on the menu? <laughs> Yes, yes, look at us, yeah. <laughs> Poutine and Canadian goose. It should be. <laughs> yes, but um, as we said before, as you know, um, I think we discussed this in the podcast last week, is, again, that the border restrictions are coming down from the Canadian side. Yes. But hopefully prior to American holidays, Christmas and that kind of thing. We'll make it easier for them. Yes, to come down. So, yes, Um and one thing that I did think of when we were talking about seeing people eating out downtown was um, last weekend, the Pride Parade, is um, that lots of people were lining the streets there eating when the Pride Parade marched by, and they were waving and taking photos and that kind of thing. And um, so that was one time when I noticed there were a lot of people. Um, a nice about. atmosphere. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. No, that's good. And no, and that was um, a lovely event to go to last week. Um, they had a very good turnout for it. And, yes, um, it was huge. 
Yes. And um, looking back last um, to the article, the 2021 one, is that the weather was a lot better this time, too. Um, it was a, it yes. was a very lovely day. So, um, yeah. And there, they filled uh, Trinity Park with um, with vendors, and they had a march down from um, SUNY Plattsburgh. Um, the one thing that I would say is that, and I'm sure they've considered this, the organizers, is that I think a lot of people were kind of confused that they thought the march was going to start at Trinity Park and march somewhere else, oh. when actually it was starting somewhere else and marching down to the park. Is that I noticed when I got there, there were a lot of people already in Trinity Park, and then kind of the other half kind of marched down. So, um, so hopefully next year... And also, there were some people that were a little confused about where the parade was coming from. So there were a few people that were like, all right, is it coming down this road? Is it coming down that road? I'll go to the end of that block and look and see if they're coming. So, um, so well, this was the first time they were in the street, actual yes. street, and not the sidewalks, right? Yes, yes. And is that, that was the point of contention um, last year, is trying to organize, okay, this is going to be the route. Well, that won't work. Okay, well, this one, and... So, yeah, so organizing any kind of parade is tricky. And they had to pay for yes, services. Yes, and they had to pay to, um, to get the um, police escort, the street closures, Public that kind boards, of thing. Yeah. And um, so for a first-time effort, it was wonderful. Um, but, again, hopefully next year it can be communicated a bit more to everybody gather in Plattsburgh and then march down to the celebration downtown. But um, beyond there is just, you know, that you can't get much... More cheerful than the Pride Parade, so lots no, of great yeah. stuff. No, yeah, I stopped by for a little while. It was uh, it was a nice event, uh, a lot of people, and I liked the booths they had, um, uh, offering services mm-hmm. um, to the community. Uh, That's a good idea. Well, as I um, talked to uh, Kelly Metzger, the um, Gender Alliance um, director, who organized the event, um, is that you kind of draw people in <laughs> with you know the fun and the colors and the music and that kind of thing. But then you get them to think when they're looking at the booths, yes. you know, and you have, you know, bigger conversations. And I'm like, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> it was. It was. And, um, and yes, and a lot of, um, one thing I noticed is that there were about, like, four or five people that were wandering around, you know, um, are you registered to vote? Are you registered? I, I swear I told, like, three of them. I already told the other person that I was registered to vote. But that's really good to see, too, is um, yeah. people getting out and making hurts. sure for that. Um but then is that I think my one of my favorite moments um, was just that there were a lot of kids lying in the streets. You know, kids love, you know, parade and that sure. kind of thing. And um, going up and, you know, and I try and talk to a range of ages, you know, some of the older folks attending, some of the younger folks, and asking them, you know, hey, you know, little kids, why are you here today? And um, expecting, you know, something about respecting people and that kind of thing. But this kid, she was honest, as you know, we like to celebrate stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Throw me some candy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That's a good answer. I like to celebrate stuff too. So, yes. Absolutely. So, um, you can't go wrong. And, and that wasn't the only big crowd last Saturday in town. No, no. Um, it was funny. Is that, yeah, the honor flight, um, the last uh, North Country honor flight of the year was um, last Saturday morning. And a very strong turnout for that. Um, pulling into the oval, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" You know, there's rows and rows and rows of cars, and this that you can—they filled that little section of the park. And um, 
and yeah, it was kind of funny to see some of the officials, like um, some of them, Billy Jones and um, Plattsburgh Supervisor Mark Cashman, I saw them there. And then two hours later, went back and saw the program yep. thing. So it's like, wow, lots of people have very busy schedules today. So, um, But no, it was great to see that turn out. I would say it was one of the largest that I've seen in years there um, since I've been going. Um, and is that it's just impressive that for an event that's been going on for, what, they started in 2015? 2013. 13. Yeah. All right. For something that's been going on for almost 10 years now, a lot of events, I feel like they kind of... Peter out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, by no fault of their own. The people just kind of get used to it. But this, the crowds only grow. <laughs> it's gaining momentum. Uh, they had the motorcycle escort for yes. this trip. Uh, it's Thunder at the Berg. Yes, it started yes. at the mall. And um, I'm sure that was quite impressive. I usually go to all the honor flights, but the last two I didn't go because... You know, I'm still recovering from my knee surgery, and mornings are really tough. Um, but um, from what you were saying and from others I spoke to, it was quite a, quite an event. It was. And um, is they had some special guests. Um, they had um, a World War II veteran who um, is turning 100 this month. Yes. So we sang happy birthday to him. Um, and then we had the Blair Brothers of um, up near Saranac. And... Um, is that the four brothers um, held portraits of their four late brothers. All eight brothers had been in the service. Amazing. Which is incredible. You know, talk about the military family. Amazing. <laughs> um, and it was a very touching, you know, moment to have them standing up there with um, the black and white portraits of the brothers and that kind of thing and hearing the stories. And um, as I say, is you know, is that I think um, some people might have the impression that, oh, you know, it's a... And I don't know, I guess I'm just basing this on, you know, um, the impression of it is that people would be like, oh, it's going to be very kind of quiet, very kind of formal thing, you know, um, why would I get up at six in the morning to go to it? But is that, no, that, you know, hearing the stories of, you know, the people that go on the flights and um, talking to them, seeing the people there, but then especially hearing the biographies and just looking at these people in front of you and hearing that they did these incredible things <laughs> it's it's impressive as you know is that there's not much like it to sit there and look at a crowd of people and get told that you know they were on nuclear submarines and that they were out there you know doing this that and the other thing is that um it's it's definitely something that i think everyone should do at least once yeah and and it's our community these yes. people are from our community they live here they work here they play here they're us. Uh, mm -hmm. They're our community, and they did these things. So it is really nice to honor them and give them that their special day. Yes, yes. And so again, the, just the atmosphere there is that I would say you know go and check it out. It's it's you know pretty breathtaking. So yep. And the flights are done for this season. Mm -hmm. um, they will resume again next um, spring. Mm -hmm. And but the Press Republican will have a special treat hopefully in another month or so. Yes, around Veterans Day. Mm -hmm. um, yes, is that, you know, um, every time they do a flight in the main paper, we publish the biographies written up for every veteran on the flight. But then, yeah, we've come up with the idea of, um, as we did last year, compiling those biographies into one special collector's edition so that you can um, have the all of the biographies for all the veterans that flew this year, along with some bonus photos and that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's a really nice keepsake is that, and again, you know, as I'm sure Joe can say is that 
the biographies, just reading them, they're just a treat. It's, you know, <laughs> yes, and, and shout out to uh, Janet Dupree. Yes. Former Assemblywoman, uh, Clinton County Treasurer, County Legislator, longtime uh, uh, contributor to our community. She does the bios. She does a great job. She's so dedicated to Honor Flight. Um, she can't be thanked enough. Well, and she's so dedicated that she humbly reached out to me, I believe it was last month, and actually said, can you make sure and include in the little write-up that introduces the bios that it isn't just myself, that she has help from some of the other flight directors and that kind of thing. And it's like, you know, there would be some people that would just bask in, yeah, I wrote them up. No, as you know, she said that's a team effort. But yeah, so. Yes. But then the way that she delivers them is, you know. Perfect. Um, is that. <laughs> yep. Yes, is that you feel like, you know, it's like watching a movie, honestly, yep. <laughs> to have them read to you. So, yes. Yeah, um, and, and, and you know it's it's tricky because you've got um, like 30, 30 veterans on both mm-hmm. flights. Yes, and at least you mm-hmm. can't dawdle. You got to move along, and yes. she, she does the she handles the timing aspect of it very well. Yes, yes, absolutely. So now I'm um, so go and check out Nano Flight if you've never done it before, and um, it'll be worth the trip. So. Yep. So, um, yeah, we had a busy weekend, a busy start to the month of October. Yes. Um, and again, more stuff going on tomorrow, this weekend, and uh, going into next weekend. And of course, we have election coming up soon. Yes. But before then, we have Halloween. Yes, yes. The important reason for the season. <laughs> yes. Um, that reminds me, uh, I have to talk to my wife. We have to get our... our Halloween candy shoot ready. Yes. Um, a leftover of the COVID season. <laughs> we're, we're probably always going to use it. Yes. That was a, a wonderful thing. During, yeah, it would have been the first COVID season. Yes. 20, mm-hmm. Halloween 2020, mm-hmm. when social distancing was still prevalent, mm-hmm. um, we got a 30-foot section of PV, PVC pipe, mm-hmm. plastic round pipe. And we hooked it up to the window up uh, in our second story of the split-level home we have. And we attached it to a pole out in the front lawn. Mm-hmm. So the, it was perfect height for the kids. The kids would come up. They'd put their candy basket underneath the uh, pipe. And we'd, from the house, throw pieces Ooh. of candy down the tube <laughs> into their bag. It was a hit. Yeah, They loved it. <laughs> and you don't have to um, violate the social distancing mandate. And yeah, it's it a little fun. Yeah, and it, it's a long white pipe, and we painted it orange and black and decorated mm-hmm. it and got with the season. And it worked so well in 2020, we did it again last year, and we're probably going to do it again every year. Now, I think we've asked, maybe that's just before, as honestly, Halloween candy has been a weird theme for this podcast. <laughs> but um, yes. what candy do little Templios give out? Do you have those king-size Snickers bars? No. And- uh, we usually go to Sam's Club and buy the big variety bags. Yeah, like two hundred and fifty pieces of, you know, this that variety. It has Snickers, yes. Kit Kat, uh, whatever in there. Yes, I'll buy a couple bags of those. We 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 can give out three or four hundred pieces of candy easily. That's true. That's true. Is that especially up here? I mean, where I grew up, you know, down in Wellsboro and Reber, um was, you know, you had to travel a bit farther between houses to trick-or-treat down there, being a more rural area. And um, so I don't think families needed quite as much candy as you might up here getting that many kids. 
back there, I remember, it's again, you'd hop in the car, drive down a ways to one house, get out, go up, get back <laughs> in the car, drive a couple miles further down to the next house, versus up here, it's like bang, 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 bang. Um, but there were those families that, again, they gave up the full-size candy bars and, like, you were the heroes of Halloween. <laughs> They're just being pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> trying, trying to curry favor with the trick-or-treaters. Yes, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, but no, that is true. It's, um, yep, don't forget to stock up on candy. Nope, we're getting there. But we'll talk about that uh, more in the next few podcasts leading up to it, I'm sure. Yes, Absolutely. But in the meantime, you can find this podcast at PressPublican.com. I should start out with that one, actually, because that's where you should go to listen to it. All the cool kids go to PressPublican.com and listen to the PressPublican podcast. That's right. Um, but you can also find us on um, iTunes, on SoundCloud, on all your favorite podcast sites. So. And in the meantime, draw the Templio. Thanks, everyone, for listening again. On behalf of Ben Rowe, I would like to wish everybody a little weak side help.